so excited you're here. Today we're going to talk about effective mentoring. Uh, and I don't know about any of you, but that was something that I really needed to get mentored in ministry, and I also really needed to learn how do I mentor students, how do I disciple them, how do I t help them take those next steps. Um, and you've probably all heard the, the Chinese proverb, right? Give a man a fish and you've helped him for a day. Teach a man to fish and you've helped him for a lifetime. And that's a lot of what mentoring is. So I'm just going to open us in prayer really quick and then we'll jump in and you'll find I'm, I'm definitely, I'm a little dynamic and sometimes a little shrill uh, and hopefully funny, although mm, we don't know. And um, it's good. I got some pity laughs. Uh, um, but I also am just wildly practical. I'm not going to be like the shouty speaker. Uh, I definitely want to give you tips that you can walk out of here with and just start using right away. And so uh, hopefully you're excited for some practical ministry stuff today. So let's just pray. Jesus, you're so good. Lord, thanks for each and every youth pastor and youth leader in this room. God, for, for them, their families, their spouses. God, for people who are pouring into the next generation. Lord, we know that you've called them, that you have something uh, special that you want to do in and through them. Lord, we just, we're so amazed because you don't need us, Jesus, uh, but you choose to use us to build your kingdom on this earth. And Lord, we're just honored uh, to step into that role. Lord, as we talk about mentoring today, God, I pray that you would um, help us to know what it looks like to be good mentors and help us uh, know what areas in our lives we probably need a mentor. And uh, God, just continue building us in you so that we can effectively reach a generation. We love you, Jesus, and we ask this all in your name. Amen. Amen. All right, so a mentor is an experienced and trusted advisor. And uh, when I started youth ministry about, uh, I think, 15 years ago now, um, I uh, realized I, I went to college for it, and uh, turns out, even with a college degree, although my students don't like drop out, <laughs> even with a college degree, you get out there and you're kind of like, yeah, okay, so I know nothing. This is awesome. Like, kids are coming to you, and you're like, yeah, I don't know how to. Nobody told me that in a class. I don't really know. Parents are coming at you, and you're like, I'm sorry. That's all I know how to say. <laughs> you know, uh, it's it's just this craziness. And so I realized I knew far less than I thought I did. Um, and then I met a mentor who changed my life forever. And so that mentor is Jeannie Mayo. She is, uh, as I said before, she's been doing youth ministry for 47 years. And for me, I had never seen a, a female youth pastor before. I'd never really seen a female pastor before. And I was kind of like, you know, am I even in the right field? And um, so I met her and she invited me to be part of something called the Cadre. And it basically is a, a mentoring group that goes to her house um, throughout the year a couple times and uh, she you go into her living room you sit in her living room uh, you and like 40 youth pastors um, you uh, so she has a kind of a, it's a big living room okay so like how are you gonna do that it's a big living room uh, you sit in her living room um, she gives you free resources she does uh, talk times with you and just shares important and practical ministry experience she helps you walk through uh, different experiences you're going on going on in your life and at that point I was I was at a church that was just a very difficult place in ministry and there are like difficult places in ministry and ministry is difficult but this place was like a whole nother level um I had youth leaders that were just like very upset that they weren't in charge and uh no matter how hard I tried to work with them they would do things to intentionally sabotage the ministry and like like things like they got up on the stage on a Sunday morning and told the entire congregation that they shouldn't trust me because I had had an abortion which I hadn't but really that's not something you say ever, like just crazy things. Um, and so just uh, was at this church for over three years dealing with this every week. And I had one youth leader who'd shake my hand every Sunday and say, I'm going to make your life awful till you quit. 
And I'm like, what do I do? Like, no one told me in college how you handle that crazy. And so I'm like, okay. And so uh, I met Jeannie, and she poured into my life in, like, just amazing ways. She helped me walk through that season. She helped me learn what it was to honor in the midst of pain and forgive and uh, just walk with grace in a tough situation. Um, she also helped me know when it was time to resign, and she also helped me write my resignation letter. And thank the Lord I'm not there anymore. Um, but the most significant thing was that I knew no matter what was going on, I had someone who was beside me and behind me cheering me on. And we all need that. No matter if we've been in youth ministry one year or I talked to somebody who's been at the same church 22 years today. I mean, amazing. 30, we got 30, all right. Okay, what else we got? Can I get more than 30? 31. You are the winner. There's Chick-fil-A in the back if you'd like a prize. So, see, I told you I was funny. All right. Um, and so... I, I knew I wanted somebody, you know, that was going to be cheering me on, um, that if I needed someone, I'd have someone who had already been there, done that, and could help encourage me. And that's a lot of what mentoring is. And so the truth is that uh, we all need mentors, and we need to know how to be mentors if we're going to work with students. And so because of my experience, um, this, some of the troubles in ministry, and because of how Jeannie poured into me, uh, I was able to start a mentoring program much like that. So uh, prior to becoming the youth specialist or the, the professor of youth ministry at Valley Forge, I had gone back to Valley Forge. I, I went there as a student, graduated lots of years ago, and uh, went back there to work for admissions. And when I got there, I said to the current youth, uh, youth professor, listen, if I'm going to be here, I want to pour into students who maybe are going to walk into situations like I did. Specifically, I wanted to pour into some of the girls because I had never seen a woman doing it. I wanted to make sure that they, they knew, you know, hey, it's out there. It's okay. I want to teach you how to not be a spiritual woman's liver and learn how to just trust God with your calling. Um, and so, uh, so we launched a group called Cascade. And uh, some guys made fun of me because that's also a nice dishwashing detergent, but that's not what it's for. So Cascade is about, like, the, the picture of cascading waterfall, like being poured into so that you overflow and pour into others. And that's the idea behind it. And so once a month, um, girls come to my apartment, and uh, we get about 25 of them in there, Catherine, I think. Uh, I do not have a big apartment. It's like, like this. <laughs> so we just, like, I don't know. It's crazy. Um, and so they come in, we make them a home-cooked meal, um, they get to get, get out of campus food for a little while, and uh, we bring in guest speakers from all over the nation. Um, I have some, some friends in ministry who help fund this, and God has been so faithful to just provide for it. Uh, we, we talk to them about practical things, like, hey, how as, and this is not going to be a women's ministry session, so don't worry, but we talk to them about, you know, hey, as a woman in ministry, um, how do you work with a staff of all guys? How do you present yourself so you're making sure that you're modest and you're not coming across as that spiritual women's liberty? You're not trying to fight your own way, but you're trusting God with the things that he's called you to. Um, and so we do, we do, um, uh, job mentoring. Uh, we do resume writing. Um, we give them a chance to be in a small group with other girls and talk through their callings. And we have local pastors. We have students from the college. We have other women who are youth leaders. Um, and really, it's just about uh, giving some effective mentoring that's helping them launch out. And yesterday, and I'm going to try not to be emotional about this, yesterday I got to see how effective this thing is. So Cascade's been running. It's starting its sixth year. And uh, 
one of the girls that I poured into for the last five years showed up at, at the door yesterday and she said, hey, can you come outside and meet my youth group? And listen, if you've been in youth ministry long enough where you get to watch someone you mentored bring their kids by, like it, it does something to you. So I got to go outside and, and talk to a girl and, and let her say, you know, man, Pastor Kelsey is awesome. And I'm really having fun here at Creation. And, like, she talks about how you're her hero. And I thought, like, who am I to be a hero? Um, and it's, it's just such a cool thing. I'm watching my, my students who are working in this room and down at Camp Creation. I blubbered like a baby last night when we had our team meeting because I'm watching them lead kids to Jesus. And there's something that is amazing that happens when you're able to effectively mentor someone and release them to do ministry. And so, um, so today, let's talk a little bit about some principles when you're looking for a mentor and some principles about being a mentor. Um, all right. So I lost my place. <laughs> all right. So we'll start with finding a mentor first, um, and then we'll talk about being a mentor, and then we'll actually give you a... a like an outline for a good mentor meeting so that you can take some practice with you. Uh, finding a mentor, um, you want to look for somebody that is further along than you. So no matter what level you are in ministry, you want to make sure you have somebody that's doing it better and has done it longer that you're able to look up to, connect with, and get poured back into. Um, and it can be in any area of your life. It doesn't necessarily have to be in ministry. Uh, I have uh, a couple of different mentors in my life. Um, right now, I have a, a married couple that are mentors to me, and, and I recently got engaged, and so my fiancé and I uh, meet with them, and they've been married for 10 years, and they have two kids, and they have an awesome marriage, and so we meet with them for marriage mentoring because I don't know what it's like to be married, and I don't want to pretend I do because that's probably not a good idea, and so we, we go and we meet with them, and uh, it's more than the premarital counseling thing. It's them helping us learn how to communicate, helping us learn how to connect because they're mentors. I have ministers mentor in Jeannie, and I have a leadership mentor um, in some of the other colleagues that I have at the college who have just been doing leadership a lot longer. And so I've approached these people um, and asked them to, to mentor me, and they've done that. You can have one mentor that encompasses many things, or you can have a lot of different mentors in your life. Uh, but the goal is to find someone who's a little further along that you know that you're going to glean from and move forward in that area. And so the first thing that you do when you're looking for a mentor is to take some time and just pick someone out, okay? You want to pick someone that you can connect with. Like, there's a such thing as a long-distance mentor that you might have, but you really want somebody who you could meet with or at least talk to on a regular basis so that they can challenge you in some of the areas of your life. And so think about who do you, who do you know or a couple people that you know, um, and you want to think about who, who they are and what your expectations are. Like, what do you actually want to get out of this experience? Um, you want to have some, here are some questions to help you think through expectations. Um, say, what are you hoping to gain from the mentoring relationship? What kind of commitment do you expect from that person? Sometimes people will say, like, hey, can you mentor me? And I'm like, okay, well, what, what does that look like to you? Uh, I have one girl recently who was like, hey, can you mentor me? And I said, yeah, what does it look like to you? She said, she lives an hour away from me. And she said, I was thinking you could, like, drive to my house, like, four times a week and spend, like, three or four hours with me. And I was like, no. Like, I don't even have three or four hours for me in a week. I'm so, like, I love you, but no. Like, so you want to have some expectations ready of what, like, what actually do you think is realistic that you can get from another person. And the truth is that if they're actually, like, somebody you want to be 
like, they probably have a very busy schedule, okay? So think through that. And I'm sure all of us, if you're in youth ministry, you got a busy schedule. So uh, if you're trying to get somebody who's doing it better, they have a full schedule. Help them by giving them expectations that are realistic. Uh, think about how often, bless you, how, bless you again, how often and how long do you want to meet with them? Um, not four hours, four times a week. That's, that's unrealistic. Uh, but, you know, can they give you an hour once a month? Can they give you um, an hour every other week that you could go by? And what do you want to talk about? If you're the one that wants to get mentored, you have to come up with what are some areas that you want to grow in. You're, the person you're asking isn't going to necessarily know what you need. And so you want to you wanna try to do that. Even with Cascade, what we do at the beginning of the year is um, we have them write down on note cards, hey, what are things that you are worried about? What are things that you are wondering about? What are things that you're struggling with as you're getting ready to do ministry or as you are in ministry? And all of our topics, I don't choose them. They choose them. And so we let them learn about what they want to learn about because if I just tell them stuff, it's going to hit their ears and that's probably as far as it goes. But if they pick what they're learning about, they're passionate, they're excited about it, um, they're going to keep wanting to grow in that. And so uh, help, help your mentor by telling them what you want to grow in. Uh, and then ask the question, how honest are you willing to be with them? See, part of mentoring is... Uh, being very vulnerable about what your weaknesses are so that they can help you get stronger in them. If you're unwilling to be honest about where you are in whatever the area is that you're looking to get mentored, you're not going to go anywhere because, like, like, what do they say? Accepting it is like half the battle, right? So it's okay to have weak spots. Uh, we all have them. And so we all need places where um, we can be challenged in and grow in. But you have to be honest with yourself and honest with your mentor about what those areas are so that they can help you. And then lastly, are you actually willing to listen to them? Okay. Whoever you're going to ask to be your mentor, is it someone that you would actually listen to if they told you what you needed to do to fix it, if they counseled you or coached you on some decisions to make, would you actually listen? The problem is sometimes we're all looking for a place to just kind of vent and get all our frustration out, but we're not actually looking for somebody to direct us. Um, and I would just challenge you, like, kill the pride and let someone help you uh, be good in whatever it is. Real mentoring should challenge you to take steps forward, and that's not always comfortable. And that has to be okay. Um, if you really want to effectively be mentored, it has to be okay for someone to, to challenge you in areas that are not necessarily comfortable. So that's the first thing you're going to do. Think about a person and think about your expectations. You can use those questions as a guideline of, uh, you know, what things might you want to be mentored in and what person would you want to ask. If it's not somebody you can be open with or it's not somebody that you'd ever listen to, probably not a good mentor. After you've thought about um, your expectations, you approach the person and you ask them to be your, me your mentor. And so here's the deal. Don't make it overcomplicated. You just simply ask them. And so some of the, the ways that you might do that uh, would be to take them out to coffee or Chick-fil-A. Um, <laughs> praise her. No, just kidding. Um, you could take them out to Chick-fil-A. You could take them out to coffee um, and ask them in a way that isn't imposing for them to answer right now. So maybe something like, 
hey, listen, I'm really wanting to get better in the way that I run my small groups in my youth ministry. And I noticed that you are just, you're killing it in that area. Uh, and I was wondering if maybe uh, a couple of times a month you'd be willing to sit with me and just kind of coach me on the areas that we're weak in and that you do really well. And you don't need to answer now, but would you take some time and pray about it? Okay, it's like, that's not offending. It's not like pressuresome. It's probably going to be pretty honoring to the person who asks. Um, and so, you know, given that, or, hey, I know you have a lot going on in your life, um, but would you consider being, being somebody that would mentor me in whatever area? Um, and if you can't, would you be willing to, to suggest somebody that you would think would be helpful for me? Okay. Um, Share your expectations at that time. Make sure they're realistic. Let them know what they're saying yes or no to because uh, you don't want to jump into that situation and be like, wow, I did not, I didn't know we were talking about this. Like, I don't even, I don't even know how to do that. So, yeah. So you want to make sure you're, you're uh, <laughs> giving them the chance to do that. Make sure it's someone, again, that you can talk to regularly or meet with regularly and then give them time to consider it. Okay. Give them like, hey, would it be okay if you prayed about this for the next week, and then uh, I'll I'll connect with you. Don't get don't leave it to them to have to do something for you. You're asking them to mentor you. So hey, let's take a week and pray about it, and then uh, I'll give you a call. And uh, feel free to say yes or no. I'd love it if you could, but I understand you have a lot going on. And then just see what it is. After that week, if they say no, thank them for their consideration. Restart your process. So maybe have a couple people in mind when you start uh, because not everybody is feels adequate to mentor. Um, and so it's okay for people to say no. Um, but if they say yes, thank them for choosing to invest in your life. And then together, right then, set the date for your first mentor meeting. Okay, don't, don't let time go by because I don't know about the rest of you, but if I don't do it like when, when, I, like when I need to do it, it's not going to happen. Um, and if you have a busy life and a busy schedule, it's got to get in there. It's got to get on the schedule. Uh, I'm like on the Myers-Briggs. I'm like 98% J, so I'm like schedule is heaven. Um, and so how many of you are, are there? Like you like the schedule? Okay, five of us. We are gonna, we're going to meet later. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> Everybody else, you're like schedule is death. <laughs> Anyone there? Only one of you. And everybody else is like, I don't really know what you're talking about. Okay, good. Uh, so, yeah, set up a time for your first mentor meeting up front, though, just so that you can get things rolling. And listen, don't make it hard for them to mentor you, okay? Be someone that they look forward to pouring into your life. I, the best part of my month is when those girls come to my house. Um, I love, I love when my living room is invaded. I love when they drop, they call it Mario meatballs. I make homemade meatballs. They drop meatballs on my floor. I don't, I don't care. Like I love when they're there, uh, because I watch them put it into practice and it's easy to mentor them, not because they get it right every time, uh, but because I'm watching them grow and be passionate and love Jesus more. And that makes it worth it. And so don't make it hard for people to mentor you. Give them the right to speak into your life and then take what they, that what they have and, and uh, given you and start to implement it. All right, so that's, that's kind of what you do when you want to find a mentor. Look for somebody that's further along than you. Um, think about your expectations and make sure they're realistic. Approach them and ask them in a way that's not weird or imposing. <laughs> We've all been there. Um, and then... Uh, and then if they say no, thank them and start over. If they say yes, set a meeting date right away. Okay, so that's looking for a mentor. And you can choose what areas of your life you want to be mentored in. That's all on you. Being a mentor, let's talk about that a little bit. 
Um, it may be surprising to you what people ask you to mentor them in. And, uh, oh, okay. It may be surprising to you what people ask you to mentor them in, but before you say no or think that someone else could do it better, uh, take a moment to realize that they've obviously seen something in you that makes them want to mentor you. Okay, if they're just like when you would go to somebody to ask them to be their to be your mentor, um, you know they probably have that same feeling of inadequacy. Like, well, I don't really know if I can do that. And we've probably all been there in ministry. I think Satan's favorite mind game to play with us as pastors and as leaders is like, I'm really not good enough to blah blah blah. Like I really don't have as much talent or as much energy or I'm not good. Or if people only knew what I did behind the scenes or, man, I've, I've tried this before and it's failed. And Satan likes to plant those mind games that tells us we can't do it. Um, and in reality, Jesus uses us in our weaknesses, right? When we're weak, that's when his strength is made perfect. And so we don't have to be the best at it. But if somebody is saying, man, I saw this in you and I'd really love for you to speak into my life, then they've already seen something in you that you may not even see in yourself. And so be willing to consider yourself as their mentor because they already did. Remember, first and foremost, that God uses us even when we're not perfect. And and I prayed this at the beginning, right? Like, one of my favorite prayers is God, like, thanks for using me even in my brokenness. We don't have to be perfect. And besides that, like, he, he already knows our flaws and our failures, our good sides and our bad sides, our strengths and our weaknesses. And he chooses to still use us. I, I shared this morning, we have Coffee with Creation, uh, worship and devotion for youth pastors in the morning. And I shared with them, First uh, Peter 2.9 talks about how we're a chosen people and a royal priesthood, a people belonging to God. And he chooses to use us. He chose to call you to serve students. And so every time you feel inadequate uh, in this mentoring game, in this discipleship relationship, God chose you. And there's something so powerful about that because it's not like, I mean, listen, I love teenagers, but if I, if I was going to choose to make a little money and not see a lot of fruit, <laughs> like that's not, that's not appealing all the time. But the truth is, like, when God gets in there and he calls us and we follow him, that's when we see the results. And so um, go ahead and pray that prayer, right? God, thanks for using me, even in my brokenness. You don't have to be the perfect person to be a great mentor. If they're asking you or if, they're youth, uh, if you're their youth leader, chances are that you're already a few steps of them in their faith anyway. And so um, that's going to be something that you can help them with. Um, even if it's not like perfection, it's okay. It, and remember that it's not, it's not making them you, okay? You're, you're helping them take steps closer to Jesus and following Jesus in whatever area it is that you're helping mentor them in. So it's not, I'm not holding Cascade in my house to make carbon copies of Carrie. That would be bad uh, <laughs> because I'm a nice person, but like we don't need more of me. My team's probably like, Really, we don't. Like, I'm a little crazy. I love the schedule, right? When I talk, I get shrill. It's okay. Um, but we don't need more carries. We need people who are following Jesus and being mentored to be strengthened in the areas that they need to so they can effectively serve people better. And so you're helping point them to Jesus, and that's where mentorship looks a lot like discipleship uh, because you're helping them follow Jesus better. Effective mentoring will help them know how to pursue Christ as they move forward in, in those other areas of their lives that you're mentoring them in. And so while they're asking you to help them be their mentor, 
um, or while they're asking you to be their mentor, or maybe you get assigned to a student in your youth ministry where you're going to mentor, uh, you need to help them think through their expectations, right? Not everybody is going to have thought through that before they, they talk to you. Exhibit A, the, the young lady who was like, hi, come to my house four times a week. Like, nope. Um, she didn't, she'd never been mentored. Uh, she didn't know what that could look like. And so for her, um, she just really wanted to glean everything she could immediately. And I was like, yo, that's not going to happen. So what I said to her was, listen, we have a mentoring program that's already running. Why don't you come out to my house? I'll help you pay for gas. Um, and you can come out and we'll pour into you that way. And so she comes and attends that sometimes. And, uh, and then in between those months, we talk on the phone every once in a while. And I put some boundaries up because I'm going to be a lot better of a mentor when I've helped her have realistic expectations than I am if I just try to go out there and get burned out trying to, to reach her life. Um, and honestly, like students are going to be overwhelmed if it's that often and that much time. They can't take it all in. Uh, and, and they're sponges, but, like, some of that sponge is, like, leaking out. So let's make sure, you know, give them something practical that they can implement right away uh, and then give them a little more practical later. Don't try to put everything in all at once. And so hopefully they came to you with expectations, but if not, gently uh, ask them some leading questions to help them decide what their expectations could be. So you could ask them, well, what, what do you hope to get out of this relationship? So, you know, if I'm going to mentor you, what's one area that you, you want to look uh, different in? And what, what does that difference look like? And, okay, so how about six months from now, how, do you, how would it be success to you if we met and talked? And in six months, how would your life be different? Let them dream a little bit about what they want God to do in their lives so it gives you some direction of how you can actually talk to them uh, in those areas. Ask them how much time do you want to spend together and then help them understand what a schedule looks like. Ask them, do you have any ideas in mind that would help you take the next step in this area of your life? Um, there's a, it's not really new, but there's this thing out there called coaching, which is a lot like mentoring. Um, and the idea is that people really know what they need to do already. And so part of what we do is ask questions to help them come up with answers. So asking that, hey, what, what do you have in mind um, that would help you take the next step? They might already know and just not know how to get it started. And then that lets you know you don't need to tell them something they already know. You can actually just help by giving them, okay, here's how you start that next step. You can ask them, do you help me to, or do you trust me to help you grow in that area of your life? A lot of times, like, students will come and they, they want to be mentored by somebody that they think is cool or, you know, maybe you're their youth pastor and they're just like, I don't want to talk to mom and dad, so I'm going to come talk to you, and that's awesome. But if they don't trust you, um, if there's something there that they're, they're not going to listen to you when you talk, then that's a waste of your time and a waste of them or theirs. And so um, you want to make sure that they trust you to help them grow. And then do you help or do you trust me to help you let go of what's holding you back from growing? Uh, we have a girl in our, our youth ministry. Um, so aside from mentoring and teaching at Valley Forge, I also am a youth pastor. Uh, and so it's a, it's a fun time. And I, we have a girl, her name is Ellie. And uh, she came to me a while ago and said, hey, I, um, I would love to just sit down with you and pick your brain a little bit, and I need some, I need some mentorship. And I said, well, what, are you, what do you need mentoring in? And she said, well, I haven't read my Bible, like, ever. 
you know, she's like, she's like one of our student leaders. So that was like a really great conversation. I'm like, great. <laughs> yes. Let's meet now. Like <laughs> open up to Genesis. No. So, um, she, she said like, I just, I don't get it. Every time I read it, I have questions. No one knows how to answer me. And I'm just, I'm really frustrated. And I can't pronounce half the names and I just, I don't want to read it. And I said, okay, well, yeah, let's meet. Let's talk about that. So uh, Ellie really loves water ice. And so I would say, all right, Ellie, on Fridays, I'll pick you up from school. Let's go get water ice. I want you to bring your Bible and I want you to bring a journal. And we're going to sit down together and we're going to learn how to do this. And she just really didn't know how to read the Bible. Um, that was the biggest thing. She was just cracking it open and, and you know, kind of pointing and going. And she's like, I'm in Leviticus. And they're like chopping up things. I just like, am I supposed to do that too? And I'm like, she's like, my family recently purchased a goat. I'm like, no, <laughs> like, no. So we, we said, all right, listen, like here, here's what our relationship looked like. Ellie, I'm going to pick you up. We're going to have water ice. And while we're having water ice, I want us to read something together. And then I want you to tell me what questions you have. And uh, we started in the Gospels because that's, you know, a little easier to read than Leviticus. And um, as she read through, she would stop and be like, well, what's this mean? Well, what's this mean? And so as we started doing that, I said, here's what I want you to do. I want you to keep a journal. I want you to write down, okay, this is the passage I read. And then anytime something sticks out to you, I want you to write down either, hey, this stuck out to me. I felt God saying this to me while I was reading this, or this is a question that I have. And then every time we get together, uh, which was every other week, um, we'll, we'll answer the questions. And if I don't know the answers, which happens sometimes, and then we'll, we'll find someone who does, we'll look it up. We'll like, she's learning how to read commentaries now. And, uh, we'll go through that kind of stuff together. Okay. I'm not going to just throw you to wolves. I'm going to let, I'm going to teach you how to read your Bible. This was, I think last June is when we had our first meeting. Ellie came to me this past Sunday at church and she, she handed me this giant journal and she said, okay, so I filled this one. And she said, last night I started a new one, and I'm doing Leviticus. And I'm like, all right. The girl has read like 70% of her Bible over the last year. And she's like, I can't get enough because I, I know I can just read till something stands out. I can talk to God. I can kind of hear from what God's doing. And, and it wasn't like like just because she and I sat down and talked, God is moving in her life, but she didn't know how to start reading her Bible. And it was a simple conversation of write some things down and keep reading. But I had to ask her, Ellie, do you trust me to, to help you know what to let go of? So the number one thing we let go of when we said that was, Ellie, stop, stop using your electronic Bible to do, to do this time with God. Why? Because every time the phone went off, if it vibrated, if she got a text, if someone sent her a Snapchat, then Jesus was second and that was first. And she was like, why? Well, I, I learn better on electronics. And I was like, no, you don't. I said, do you trust me to help you know how to let go of something? Now, some people do that really well, and I'm not like, an, like anti-electronic Bible, but know your student, know the person you're mentoring well enough to know like that wasn't good for her. So she, she and I, the second time we met, we went to the, the Christian bookstore near our house and we bought her a Bible. And she was real funny about it. I wanted to buy it for her just because I was like so proud of her. And she, she was like, I babysat and I got 40 bucks and I'm going to buy my own Bible. And I was like, awesome. So we let her, you know. And so, um, but it's, it was an awesome thing to see her say, yeah, I trust you in that. Um, and, and to let her listen, like, 
hey, turn off your phone. I challenge you, like, don't just put it on silent. Leave it in another room, okay? Like, if you go in your, your bedroom to read your Bible, put your phone in the kitchen. And it took a while for that to happen, but now the girl is like, I can't wait till she does it, her devotions in the evening time. And she'll, like, call me at, like, 11 o'clock, like, I just got done reading my Bible, and guess what it says? And I'm like, what? <laughs> what does it say? You know? She's like, did you know? I'm like, I heard that once before. Thanks, so. you know, she's She's an awesome girl. So help them think through their expectations of it. Uh, be wise about your own time and expectation commitments, right? You know your schedule better than anyone else if you keep a schedule of the five of us. No, so kidding. So you know your schedule better than us. You know what's in it. You know what has to be a priority in your life. Um, you, you know if you have a family or kids or whatever. Like, you, you know what you need to do. So it's okay for you to say no to unrealistic expectations um, because you need to make sure that you... Uh, that you're being able to mentor somebody effectively. You know you're non-negotiables. So take all of those things into account. Um, and listen, it would be better to say no uh, and have somebody be a little disappointed if you don't have the time than to say yes and never follow through with a mentoring commitment. Okay, so make sure you do, do right by them by saying no if you really can't. And then help them process realistic and unrealistic expectations. Uh, remembering that me remember that mentoring moments can happen anywhere. Okay, it doesn't have to be like like please come to my church office and we'll sit there. Okay, like you, which is fine too. Um, but don't be confined to like what kind of meeting. Ellie and I do mentoring at um, at Rita's Water Ice. Uh, I the girls come to my house and living room. I have one other person that um, we will like go shopping and have mentoring conversations that way. Uh, but do life with them. Let them into your world, and they'll let you into theirs. Be consistent. Effective mentoring doesn't just happen. It takes intentionality to set up times and be uh, consistent in those meeting times. Um, it takes consistency and intentionality over time. Okay, and in just a little like. I don't know who said this, but expect resistance and have persistence. Expect resistance and have persistence. Um, there's going to be some hesitation because, again, challenging should be or mentoring should be challenging in uncomfortable places sometimes. Um, and so expect a little bit of resistance from them, but be, be persistent. Don't quit. Don't give up on them. Keep going. Celebrate every win, even if it's the tiniest thing. Um, you know, the first time Ellie left her phone in the other room, uh, was a huge deal, and we we celebrated by going to get water ice. <laughs> we get a lot of water ice with this girl, um, but we we made a point to make a big deal out of that because I want to celebrate wins that are going to help them go uh, to the next the next stage. Uh, remember that you want to teach them the things they want to know. Maybe they want to be mentored in an area, and and you see other areas that probably need some mentoring. Mentor them where they want to be mentored, because otherwise you're speaking to deaf ears. There's a a uh, quote that's like a great quote by a guy named Van Crouch. It says, don't try to teach a pig to sing. It wastes your time and annoys the pig. And so I feel like that's the same kind of thing when you're trying to mentor a teenager on something that they never asked you to mentor on. Like, we've all had that teenager, right, that's like, I know, like, leave it alone already. Nothing's going to change. Like, don't quit on them, but mentor them where they want to be mentored, and you, eventually they'll want more from you. More than anything else, um, celebrate those wins. Every step forward, even baby steps, are important. Okay, And so looking for a mentor, being a mentor, and then what's a mentoring meeting look like? I'm going to give you uh, just a real quick thing on that, and then we'll take a few minutes for Q&A. 
Um, so if you're taking notes, I like acrostics. So we're going to spell the word mentor, M-E-N-T-O-R. And I'm going to give you just a word for each one uh, to help you outline what a mentoring meeting should look like. Um, and so the M is for meat, not like meat you eat, but like EE, so meat, okay? So while mentoring can be done long distance or over the phone, the most effective way to mentor someone is to get one-on-one, -on -one, meet them face-to-face. -face. Uh, listen, this generation has lost its ability to do that, right? They have their phones out and they're kind of like, people don't eat dinner at the table anymore and it's just kind of like, yes, yeah, I'm listening to what you're saying. And you're like, you certainly are not. Um, and so... Um, Help them know what it's like to be mentored face-to-face -face without a device in their face, okay? Have some real FaceTime together. That was super cheesy, but it's okay. Uh, so meet with them, okay? Actually get together. The E is for encourage. Encourage. It takes a lot of guts to go and ask somebody to mentor you in an area that you're feeling weak in. And so even for you, um, when you're looking for a mentor, man, if they're not encouraging about the fact that you asked, like, Check if that's a good mentor. Uh, for, for people coming to you, um, remember how much guts it took for them to say, man, I'm, I'm kind of bad in this area and I need help. Um, even more guts to ask for it, right? So take time to encourage and cheer on your mentee. Start and end your mentoring time with encouragement. Whatever gets repeated, or sorry, whatever gets rewarded gets repeated. That's a genie mayoko. Whatever gets re rewarded gets repeated. And so... Um, Take time at the beginning and at the end of what you do to just reward with encouragement and words of affirmation. The N is for next steps. Uh, what's the plan for your mentor meeting? If you're the mentor, you come in with a plan. So you already know the thing that they, that they want to be mentored in, and so you need to think through, okay, if, here's how I got to those places in my life, or here's some things that I've seen that might be helpful for this student kind of assess and walk through some next steps that you can bring to the meeting with you. If you want to lead people well, you have to know where you're going. And so you can, if you're not comfortable coming up with the steps yourself, you could do things like go through a book together. I highly recommend the book, The Dare by Josh Mayo. It's a 30-day discipleship tool, um, and it walks through everything from relationships to, mm, I don't even know, helping them find their calling that God has on their lives to what does it really look like to have a daily Bible time or a prayer plan or anything like that. Um, so it's 30 days, and you can walk through one of those with your students. Um, so this book's called The Dare by Josh Mayo, phenomenal book. Um, Learning to Follow Jesus is another really great book. Again, it helps walk through all the basics of what it looks like to be discipled. And so helping, you can take a book like that or on whatever topic it is that they want to be mentored in if you don't have your own material. Have a Q&A day with them. Um, maybe your next step is just letting them ask you questions and you answering. Um, and just make sure you're prayed up before you get in there so that God can really speak through you instead of just uh, you trying to come up with something yourself. Have them travel with you for a day. Maybe they're trying to figure out, hey, what's life or ministry really look like, and they're considering it themselves. Or maybe you're mentoring a younger youth pastor or youth leader. Bring them along with you and let them just shadow you and watch you throughout the day. Weird as it is, um, some of the best mentoring moments that I've ever had are just people paying attention and, and going through and then helping point some things out that are like, hey, did you know if you would have done this, it would have saved you 20 minutes of time? No, I did not. Mentor becomes the mentee. Um, 
You can plan something unexpected. Uh, there's a lot that you can do. You just have to kind of think through what's going to be the most effective way to reach them. And so get to know them a little bit. If it's not somebody you already know, uh, get to know them a little bit. If it is someone you already know, then you're, you're going to know what things are going to speak to them the most. Um, T is for time limits. T is for time limits. Time is precious. Use it wisely. On both sides, remember to respect the other person's time. Both of you have lives outside of the mentoring moment. And so if you're a mentee, uh, prioritize what you want to talk about. I tell students who want to get mentored by me, um, I tell them, hey, come into our mentoring, our mentoring meeting with three big questions that you want to talk about. And if, if conversation stems from there, fine, but they need to come in with three questions because like my dear friend who wants to get mentored four times a week for whatever hours, uh, she'll, like our first mentoring meeting, she was like, so what do you want to talk about? And I was like, what do you want to talk about? <laughs> like, I don't have a plan yet. You got to tell me. And she was like, well, let's just sit and think. And we sat there for 15 minutes quietly. Do you know how long 15 minutes is to not say anything? Like, like 15 seconds is hard for me. So uh, it was super awkward. Um, and so I just realized with her, like, okay, I, I need to give her some, like, real clear directives. You need to have three questions when you come in. If you're the mentor, uh, guide the discussion and moment um, to hold the limit on the conversation. So consistent 45-minute to an hour block of time uh, allows you to do tons more mentoring than sporadic four-hour sessions. Okay, 45 minutes to an hour will let you get through a couple questions, will let you give them some advice, encouragement, and, and maybe some practical next steps um, without overwhelming and draining you and without giving them so much that they can't do anything next. And so that amount of time, you know, every couple weeks is going to be better for them and for you than trying to meet every two months for four hours on different days. Okay, so time limits. O is for ownership. Um, both the mentor and mentee need to take ownership of what their role is in the mentoring. Both have to work to ensure that meetings happen regularly and in a time timely manner. The mentor needs to ensure you're prayed up and you have an idea of what you're going to talk about and where you're leading them. The one being mentored needs to listen to advice and follow through with assignments that are given to you. Truthfully, rare is the person who has an up-close mentor. So if you have one, cherish that relationship and um, listen to them. They're who they are for a reason. And so take ownership in either following through, if you're the mentee of what they told you to do, or as the mentor, follow through by keeping the time limit and keeping consistently meeting. Make sure you call them and, and get in there and check up on them uh, and be there when you say you're going to be there. And then the R is for repeat. Repeat. Um, don't give up. Don't give up. Mentoring isn't always easy. Sometimes it's a great story like my girl Ellie, and sometimes it's an awkward 15-minute silence. <laughs> okay, so you just keep going with it. Don't give up. You don't always see results, um, but it's about consistency over the long haul, not just a couple random meetings and then throwing in the towel. Little by little, with God's help, you will see them step into the direction that they want to go. Uh, I want to leave you with one last quote, and then we'll take, we have probably like five minutes for some questions. And then another quote by Jeannie Mayo says, don't strive to carve your name on monuments of stone. Instead, carve your influence into hearts of leaders, and your impact will ripple for generations to come. You do that as youth pastors and youth leaders. You get the opportunity uh, to do some mentoring 
just kind of at a distance. But if you have kids or students or other people who are wanting to be in that up-close relationship with you, meet with them, encourage them, come up with some next steps together, set some time limits so you can stay healthy and not burn out, own your part of it, whether you're being mentored or being, or being the mentor, and then don't give up. Repeat it, repeat it, repeat it um, so that you're effectively guiding them.